Welcome to a special edition of the 33 and a third percent podcast. I am Shane O'Makazowski. Alongside me is Corey Smug, SOB Black. Corey, how you doing this very, very hot Thursday afternoon? I am sweating my balls off. <laughs> I'm sitting right next to an air conditioner, so I'm probably um, in a lot better condition than you are, but... uh then just we, uh, marry Shane. Marry your air conditioner if you love it so much. I do. I do. I love it. I love it so much. I may just marry it. Um, it's probably legal, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do that after I'm done with the show. Uh, but from here, Corey and I uh, were we're just talking about dynamite last night, and um, I know that uh, Lucky Strike Tobin, Big Evil Tony Sirachi, they always want to be a part of everything. But it's really tough to get all four of us at the same time. So when you guys hear all of us at one time. It's very difficult to do out of everybody's schedule. So if, what we want to do if dur- yeah, if during the middle of your day, you hear a scream from absolutely nowhere. <laughs> it's Tony when this episode goes up without his knowledge. <laughs> right. And it's just like we want to we want to talk about anything we can whenever we can. I work in retail and I my weekends are during the week. Corey works in the restaurant business. And it's his weekends are probably usually during the week, unless he gets really lucky. Uh, Tobin's living the, the cushy life, always off Sundays, working at the post office. You know, Tony also works in retail, but he's usually available on the weekends and not during the week. So if you if you guys really care, you would have listened to that whole thing and say, great. If not, then just skip ahead. But we it's tough for all of us to get together. So whenever we see something and we want to talk about it, we're all about getting content out to you as quickly as possible whenever we have time. Right now, it's Thursday afternoon, the night after AEW Dynamite, um, and I get the rare text from Corey saying, hey, I want to talk about Dynamite tomorrow. Are you free? I said, if anybody want, is going to come to me and talk about AEW, I am all in, pun intended. Plus, so plus, this, plus this way our reactions are more real because it's the day after the show instead of like five days after. And yeah, we, we get we get to talk more in depth about the actual show and all the segments as opposed to, you know, glossing through it in the, you know, the three hour shows. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like we're gonna, we're, we're, we're trying to make our shows as, as uh, quickly as possible and, and nice, nice and quick. Maybe within an hour and a half, we were doing that for a while. But last week with with uh, English Mark Impact Mark coming on, we had the, all the segments and, and a huge weekend in wrestling. It almost ended up being three hours long. It was like two hours and forty minutes. So I think um, we, I think we need to apply for the Screen Actors Guild because we just put out a feature <laughs> feature length movie. We did, we did, and it has the second most listens of all time on this show. We've only, <laughs> and that's the thing we've only we've only had eleven shows, uh, or ten shows. I'm sorry, ten shows with a couple of bonus episodes. Um, but this weekend, when we do the show all together, it'll be episode eleven. So episode ten got twelve plays. The the, the first one. The first place show with the most listens was episode two, the long one. That's what I called it because it was two hours and six minutes. So I think the, the listeners want to hear more of us, which I don't know why, but they do. So I appreciate it. And uh, I know Corey appreciates it too. We, we all appreciate the listens, but yeah, it has the second most listens and it's our two longest shows that are the top two. It's, def- it's definitely legitimate listens because I know when I saw it, it was like three hours. I'm like, I'm not listening to that shit again. <laughs> I know, right? And no one's texting me to say that they listen to it. So I'm like, all right. Well, and then I have no idea who it is then. So maybe people are actually searching for it. Or I did put something up on uh, on Facebook yesterday. There was a, a cool meme on one of our, our, our many wrestling groups that we're a part of. And I think it was Monday Nitro. Uh, and they had the 33 and a third percent um, Steiner promo, Scott Steiner promo from Impact. In Simpsons form. In Simpsons form. And... Uh, yeah, and I just put a link in there. I said, hey, give us a listen if you want. We named the show after this very promo. And um, no one said one thing about it. So I don't even know if they listened. The next comment was something random about Scott Steiner. And I was like, all right, well, no one saw this link. And they're like, who the fuck are these guys? So maybe they gave us a listen, maybe they didn't. But anyway, getting back to the matter at hand. Thursday afternoon, day after AEW Dynamite, we're going to talk about it. It was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin last night. Sold out crowd, I guess, until you see Mox's entrance where there's literally nobody on the floor. But that's that's just that's just me. I, I, I there was a lot of people there. I'll give it to them there. A lot of people, but I think it was a little uh, a little exaggerated a little bit. But um, 
we'll start with the uh, the first match. Big Money Matt Hardy. I'm digging the song. I like the the Hardy family uh, office uh, character and group here. It's it's a lot. It's a large range of characters though too, which is pretty random. But hey, everybody likes money. Versus the always popular with with all ages except for Tobin. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. Uh, Corey, your your thoughts on this match? I I have a couple, but um, I'll get to you first. To be to be perfectly honest, this was actually I mean even though it was the opening match, this was my favorite match of the night. And big props to Matt Hardy to to finish and still go at least a couple minutes after bust getting his face busted open as he did and and have it uh, get as bloody as it did. I mean he looked you know I mean he looked like Ric Flair toward the end. <laughs> he was I mean he was busted open pretty bad. But uh, I mean they 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 sold the Orange Cassidy sold the the uh, working over the back really well. Um, I thought they worked well together. Hardy, I mean, you know, sometimes in the ring he looks a little clunky, a little Frankenstein walking around. But, uh, you know, he he looked really good walking around. And, and even the opening thing with the, the, the delete and the shin kicks trade off and stuff like that, honestly, I, I got a laugh out of it. I mean, it was entertaining. And, it you know, it's, you know, it does what it needs to do, you know, get the crowd worked up, you know, get, you know, get, a, get it off on the right foot. And, you know, it was a good match. I enjoyed it. Did you see how Hardy busted open his nose? Because I looked down for like two seconds, and I looked back up, and he was just a bloody mess. I was like, what uh, the hell? Or- Orange Cassidy went up for that crossbody, and he got a lot of air on it. And when he came down, he didn't hit him and hit Hardy in the chest. He like oh. landed on his face. So Understood. to me, to me, I thought he busted open his nose on that spot. Yeah, because I even read um, read results and just kind of wanted to see if the guy writing the the review saw it and he didn't even comment on it other than like, Oh, you know, good job for Matt Hardy pushing through that bloody nose. I was like, nobody, nobody seems to know where it came from, but um, I thoroughly enjoyed the beginning. I, I contrary to a lot of people's popular belief of orange Cassidy, just doing the kicks and it's an embarrassment of pro wrestling. He is a, a decent, a decent character and decent wrestler. Uh, he's not going to be, you know, Chris Benoit or Kurt Angle or a Matt technician. Um, but he's over with the crowd. He does those those dumb kicks, which is the reason why he does them is to is for for comedy for for to try to get them over, and the crowd loves it. Um, I love that just as much as when uh, the best friends hug, and they like zoom out real quick. <laughs> that 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 always gets me. I love that. <laughs> and I, and I like the back in Ring of Honor, and now it's an AEW, and it's just it's fantastic. Uh, but I like the um, the the beginning segment with the kicks and the delete. Um, it was, yeah, it was a good back and forth, and then even the uh, the pocket swanton bomb. Um, and I always I always get a kick out of now the pants that he uses when he knows he's gonna fight Orange Cassidy. They're like sweatpants that look like jeans with like the, the, the strings on them, so he can put his pants in his pockets. So if he had actual jeans, I would be a little bit more impressed. But hey, I can't do a pocket swanton, so um, more power to Orange Cassidy. But yeah, also also extra points to Matt Hardy for living up to his gimmick. There was like there was a one point where he he went for a pin on Orange Cassidy and like a dollar bill fell out of his pocket <laughs> and like after, after Orange Cassidy rolled away he still picked up the dollar before he kept going. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. He like threw money all over the place. Yeah, he picked it back up, put it in his like cargo pants that he's been wearing since you know ninety nine. He's like, yeah. He opens them up, opens the zippers up. But also he, um, when you said he was a little bit clunky and like Frankensteinish, I feel like he's uh, he's bow legged. It's, it's just because of all the shit he's done to his body over the years. Well, well, no, absolutely. I mean, that's what it is. But in some right. matches, you can really tell. It. Yeah, like, you this, can definitely this tell. Match, this match, he was like his stuff was very fluid to me. Like I, I thought you know he didn't really let it get to him in this match. I thought I thought he worked. He and him and Orange Cassidy worked really well. And then it kind of, um, I guess, kind of same point, but kind of off the point of the actual match. How? What are your feelings on Wheeler Yuta in the Best Friends group? I'm not, I'm not a, like, I'm not, he's, he's grown on me a little bit. I'm not like loving him in the, the best friends group right now. It's a little sometimes, random. Some, sometimes I don't see it as much because it's on like dark and elevation. I don't technically watch those as much as the other stuff, but I mean, there's, there's nothing offensive about him being in there. Like, I don't, I don't hate him, but he's grown on me a little bit. Yeah. He did the whole like thumb, thumbs up thing, kind of thumbs in the middle, whatever he does, whatever they call that the orange Cassidy thumbs up. And uh, I thought it was pretty funny too. They did that on the, on the lower third on the screen. Uh, but from there, next we go to uh, Alistair black promo. And all I felt was Brock Anderson's going to die. So he's actually going to die right in the ring. 
you really you really did get that feeling like you really got the feeling like this was a man on his death march like he was going to the electric chair and he was going to be murdered on live tv <laughs> and for brock anderson he i'll get to some thoughts about him later but uh my my goodness is uh we all knew what it was going to be and um it lived up to the hype and uh yeah we'll get to that later they, but they they, yeah. they talked they talked about guys getting broken into the business and it feels like this was like hey kid there <laughs> this you is go. it <laughs> and orange like i love it but behind the scenes, he's just like, get in there, kid. But uh, next we go to everybody's everybody's favorite man, uh, Y2J, Chris Jericho, coming off of his loss on the fifth labor of Jericho with MJF. MJF obviously has been making um, stipulations every single labor, and this stipulation on the final match was no Judas, but of course you're going to get the the whole song from the crowd. And then the second stipulation was um, he couldn't do the Judas effect. So looking at the, I didn't see the match, I'll be honest, uh, but then I obviously saw the the highlights later on, and eventually he taps out to the salt of the earth by MJF, and uh, from there, you don't really know where Jericho's going to go. And you even texted to the group yesterday, Corey, you said, is this, what, you guys ready for Y2J to retire? And I was like, you know what, I mean, I, I am ready for it, uh, and then I just made a tongue-in-cheek joke about the classic uh, five weeks that we've had with Nick Gage and Juventud Guerrera. Um, I don't want his legacy to be even more uh, hit than it already was. I don't want it to be a Ric Flair moment. No offense to Ric Flair. And I know Tobin loves Ric Flair. We all love Ric Flair, but you know, I don't want it to be a Ric Flair moment where he just keeps having these mediocre matches where he can't do what he used to. And we all know that, but we all still love him. Uh, but he came out and he said, MJF, I want to have one more match. And if you can beat me one more time, I'm going to leave. My thoughts are why are we having this one more time at all out. That's all I need to ask. <laughs> I don't want to see it again, to be honest with you. So I don't know if you agree with me, Corey. I, I, see, I feel like you do. Um, but then what was the point for the five labors? Was it just to see that, hey, the five labors were back in the day. You guys know that or or, uh, or what? But, the five labors is based on Greek mythology <laughs> of Hercules. Did you guys know that? or Yeah, I, I didn't know that. It's great. And whatever Tobin posted about. One of the guys said, when the kids look back on this in 20 years, I'm going to tell them it's the five best weeks in the wrestling business. <laughs> and I can't, I can't not laugh at that. And the guy has to be joking. But you never know with some of the AW fans. It's, uh, it's serious business. And if you go hey. against them, it's, it's bad. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the Jericho segment? One more match for maybe Chris, Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, I mean, I thought he, I thought the promo he cut was fine. I mean, it's his normal Jericho stuff. I mean, he always speaks with a lot of passion in the words that he uses. So, I mean, I'm totally cool with that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not excited for another match between him and MJF. I just, they're not, you know, they're not five star classics. They're not barn burners. They're not uh, knockdown drag out fights. They're not uh, slobber knockers, as Jr. might say. But. Um, I mean, if if this is how Jer- I mean Jericho, like I feel a wrestler should should get some say in how he goes out. So, if Jericho does plan to go out and he says I want to put MJF over on the way out and he wants to do it on one last pay per view match, I'm perfectly fine with that. But if he loses, let it be done. Let him go to commentary if that's what he wants to do. But just you know, don't be one of those things where it's like in a couple months he comes back as some mystery opponent for somebody, or he's getting a title shot. Just that's the end, and that's what Jericho picked. Let it be that. Right, and I I feel like it's going to be it. If if Jericho ends up winning, I, I'm not not sure where they go from there. But um, you know, I do enjoy uh, MJF's heelness. Like I really start to f- is physically hate him, and I think that's the point. That's not what he wants to do. Um, just his overall persona. He doesn't. Uh, open up to anybody when he's behind the scenes. He is that character at all times. He might actually be that person in real life. That's how real it is uh, for him. And then he made the Fozzie, uh, the Fozzie quote, which I thought was funny um, reference. That's the word I'm looking for. The Fozzie reference to where, you know, I made him tap out just like anybody listening to a Fozzie CD. So I thought that was funny. And then he had the, uh, he had the shirt on. It said MJF three Jericho, nothing, which is kind of, no, 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 um, no, no, no. It said MJF3, Jarrah Slow, zero. Oh, Jarrah Slow. 
Jared Slow's here. I didn't even look at the shirt. I just saw that it said something like that, but it was I didn't say it was it. it was hard to see because like the microphone in his hand was blocking right. most of the time. Jared so, Slow. So, so it's it's kind of it was kind of pointless because you can't see it, but it you know it was a funny little funny little thing. Well, it was kind of a reference back to whenever Jericho did it back in WCW. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, next up, we have the tag team eliminator. I was looking forward to this match, um, but for me personally, I wanted a little bit of a different outcome. I, I want the the varsity blondes to get the get the rub here, but um, I'm sadly mistaken once again. I just have a really biased love for Pillman Jr. mainly because I liked his father, Brian Pillman, and I think he has a lot of charisma um, in his promos, um, especially with Griff Garrison. Uh, Julia just kind of stands there, but she's like, yeah, I'm a cheerleader. Um, and they have good chemistry and they are a, not a blood family, but they are, they are family. And I like that little, little segment beforehand. Um, and just a little side note, my kid hates the young bucks. I know all you guys out there love that. So especially Corey and Tobin, they, they absolutely love it. She, she's sitting there on the, uh, on the end table and she's like, Oh, not these guys. I'm like, why do you hate these guys so much? She goes, I just don't like them. She goes, I hate their, I hate their hats. And they wear those headdresses with the diamonds. And, and, uh, she's like, if I see them, when we go to a wrestling match, daddy, I'm going to say, boo. All right. So she's learning. She's learning to like and, and dislike her her own people. Me, I, I I love the Young Bucks, and everybody knows that I have, I guess, an undying desire for the Young Bucks. So you can joke around with you want, but I like their talent. I think they're great. I love their heel persona. They're just douchebags, and that's the point. Um, but overall, good match with the Lucha Brothers and Varsity Blondes. A nice back and forth. Um, I'm hoping for a triple threat or Jurassic Express. Um, at all out against the Bucky boys, but I feel like it's going to be Jurassic Express because the Lucha Brothers have some unfinished business with Andrade, I think, coming up here at all out. So, what are your thoughts, Corey? I, uh, I to be honest, I would, I, I didn't love the match that much. I mean, it was an okay match. Um, I think at one point when they came back from the commercial, uh, Penta Penta was doing some stuff, and he kind of like he kind of slipped in one spot, so like everything kind of came out kind of sloppy. But uh, Ray Phoenix, I mean Ray Phoenix is was spot on with everything. Everything he everything he hit looked amazing. Um, yeah, there were just some of the guys were just a little off on spots, and it didn't click as much as I was hoping for. Like I I I mean I like the Varsity Blondes well enough. I love the Lucha Brothers. I I mean when I was watching them uh, when they were doing their stuff in Impact with uh, Santana and Ortiz, like I loved the matches those guys had in there. Uh, just some of some of it was off in the middle, but I mean it wasn't a terrible match. Uh, the after match stuff, you know, was you know was well enough, and then they you know dove on to the to the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers and stuff like that. So it you know it was I mean it was perfectly fine. Just like I said, just a little sloppy in spots I noticed, but it was a good match. Yeah, Penta Penta has lost a step, and you can definitely tell that he has from back in the Impact days. Um, Phoenix is um, a good young talent uh, that I hope he kind of breaks off and does a more of a singles um, singles run soon. Um, but I think the Lucha Brothers are kind of getting over, um, not overexposed, but overshadowed by the um, excitement for. I'm fucking blanking on names here. You have uh, Jungle, the Jungle Pac. Jurassic no, no, Pac. Yeah, Pac and Andrade. I was going to say Neville, and I was like, come on, dude, get it together. Um, Pac and Andrade, El Idolo. I think that that match has been getting hyped up every single week. I'm not sure why neither of them can actually wrestle somebody, but that's just me. Um, they just have little vignettes every week. Mr. Um, I need three managers so I never have to speak. <laughs> I know, right? Can we just have Chavo? Is this that okay? No, we don't. We need more than Chavo. Okay, um, but yeah. So he, uh, it's it'll it's going to be exciting. I'm I'm really expecting to get all out. I think that's definitely going to happen. That's more so. I don't really buy pay per views often, and when I actually did buy a pay per view early this year, it was full gear, and uh, Comcast screwed me. So um, <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen again for all out because I'm actually off that day. Uh, so I'm going to try to buy it again, and hopefully. Doesn't screw me. Maybe I'll actually get Fight TV instead of Comcast, and I'll maybe I'll get it on Fight TV. I'll just download the app instead. But, there you go. Fight Fight TV. You can never go wrong. With Fight TV. Right. They're, they're good. What? They're good people over there. Fight TV. And if you're listening, send me something. I don't know. <laughs> send me something with Fight TV on it. That would that'd be cool. 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope I'm able to get the pay-per-view. Um, I know that sounds like a non-wrestling podcast hosting to say, but hey, guys, I got kids. I got bills. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely see. But going from that match, if you weren't really excited about that match, Corey, you're probably thinking the totally opposite of this one. Jamie Hayter with Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel, not Reba, versus Red Velvet. What a matchup. You mean you mean Red Velvet versus <laughs> who the fuck is this? <laughs> Jamie Hayter goes, I don't know who this girl is, but uh, she just came out in Pittsburgh. Just came out. No one knew who she was, and that was great. That was great. But let me let me say this, Red Velvet. Are you from your mama's kitchen or Miami, Florida, or both? If you are, you have to pick one because you're starting to piss me off. All right. Last week, two weeks ago, it was Miami, Florida, when she challenged Britt Baker. Then this week, it's back from her mama's kitchen, and she starts stirring shit up like she's making some red velvet cupcakes. I don't understand. But this match overall was very sloppy, and Chris Stratlander is not going to make it any better um, because she, as Tobin alluded to in the last show, um, a, a little dangerous in the ring, but yeah, she's part of the best friends. I like her. She's fine. <laughs> if, if, she, if she's gonna if she's gonna come running out from the from the back, she's got to be dressed in some sort of alien alien outfit. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like jeans, jeans and a t shirt. Like, like one of those like old, like one of those old like sci fi throwbacks where it's like a you know like a silver jumpsuit with like sparkles on it and shit. Yeah, you, you have to play to the character. You see MJF walking around in like a biker suit. No, that's right. That's why that's why I piss people off on a daily basis. I'm just playing my gimmick. <laughs> just playing the gimmick. Yeah, he is, you are a son of a bitch, Corey. I, I will give it to you that. Every time, every time on the group text we have, just shitting on, shitting on me all, all the chance you get, all the chances. And I was like, you smug son of a bitch. I'm just playing the gimmick. That's right. You, miss, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Shane. <laughs> right. Who said that? Mike, Mike, Michael Scott, according to Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> just going to say offense reference. Although, although according to this week, you know, CM Punk probably said it. He probably did. He probably did. But going from you being a smug son of a bitch and booking things, I'm pretty sure you booked this as well. The Dark Order, or as we like to call it, the Dork Order, um, they're on the rocks. Evil Uno speak, spoke up. He was speaking his mind. Um, he told, uh, was it, I think it's Alex, Alex somebody. Reynolds. Alex, Alex Reynolds. Reynolds. All right. At least I got the first name right because it just said Reynolds on the review I was reading. I was like, Reynolds. I'm like, what's his first name? Um, Alex Reynolds and John Silver, the, the tiny little bald guy, kick my ass, but he's still tiny. Um, he's shorter than I am. Uh, but Evil Uno spoke up and said that, why don't you get out of uh, John Silver's shadow? And uh, Alex Reynolds said he's done. He's out of here. He's like, we're supposed to be a family, and we didn't help out Hangman a couple weeks ago, and we haven't seen him since. So Dark Order is on the rocks. They might be breaking up. Corey, you're probably smiling from ear to ear. Alex Reynolds to NXT confirmed. <laughs> He's, he's going to be part of the diamond mine, which is, which is no longer there because the main guy is, is gone. Rust. Rust is gone. But, uh, yeah, so what are your, what are your thoughts on here, uh, the, the, the Dark Order here? They're, they're breaking up, potentially. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know if any of them has a shelf life beyond the Dark Order. So, I mean, if Alex Reynolds does end up doing anything outside of this, good for him. Alex Reynolds. I mean, John Silver is kind of the the jobber of that group that shines, and Alex Reynolds just always kind of been in the background. So, meh, not really concerned. I never had any any remembrance of matches with Alex Reynolds on Dynamite. So, I think he was there like maybe once or twice early on. But um, yeah, I don't have no idea who this guy is. Just kind of standing around. And also, uh, kind of a follow up question: What are you? What are your thoughts on um, Hangman Page? Where's uh, Where's Mister Big Evil's favorite wrestler, Buckshot Lariat, going to go? Uh, man, I, I mean, I would love to see, I'd love to see him in WWE. Um, just, you know, well, I mean, again, just the, you know, pissing off Tony and that concern. I mean, that's just icing on the cake, but, uh, I mean, honestly, wherever he goes, I mean, he's going to be, he's a good talent. I mean, he's a good, he's a good younger talent. And, uh, I mean, wherever he goes, like I said, with Adam Cole, I will be watching. I think maybe they might just be keeping him off TV. And then when Adam Cole comes back, they will be kind of like a duo, for right. a little bit, at least, anyway. So I'm I'm not concerned about him going anywhere else. But wherever he goes, he's going to be fine. I think he's a great talent. All right. So next up after the commercial break, we are one hour in. So you know what that means? Top of the hour. Who are you going to bring out? The best in the world, Mr. CM Punk. And uh, 
Tony asked him one question, and I'll say that the crowd's hot. That's obvious. All right. If you haven't seen it, go out and watch two weeks ago on Rampage. And then this week, it, the crowd's insane. So that's one of the reasons why I love pro wrestling, just because of the crowd. Uh, one of the big reasons because of the crowd. They are off their, off their rocker when CM Punk comes out. Good for them. Um, like you said on your on the group chat, Corey, you're happy for the wrestling fans. So am I. But I, this is surprising. You know, Mr. A.W. over here, Shane, Shane O'Mac here. Um, why are you back here in wrestling after seven long years? I'm like, all right, that's a really good question, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone asks the tough questions. And what does CM Punk have to tell me? He gives me a couple names. Jungle Boy, um, a couple other guys in the back. but The, the, Lucha, the Lucha Brothers. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to get to the point of, you know why he's back, Corey, after seven long years and the crowd is losing their minds? He's back for Darby Allen. Darby fucking Allen. That's who he's back for. He was. I don't... He, he was waiting. He was waiting for. He was waiting for a young man dressed as a skeleton. <laughs> That's what my daughter said. I was watching a segment earlier today. She goes, "So and he said Darby Allen." She looked back. She goes, "Is that the guy with the skeleton as a face?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, it is actually, sweetie." Uh, number one, I'm proud that she's learning. Number two, I don't understand why CM Punk's going is is going after somebody that's already over. Um, and he's not giving us a real reason why he's actually back, other than he probably got paid a large sum of money from Tony Khan. That's what that's what I've said, and that's what I will <laughs> stick with until the day <laughs> I die. He's not going to say it, of course, and uh, but everybody believes it. But what are your thoughts on him automatically going for Darby Allen? I kind of, I also kind of thought it was a Sting thing, like he just wants to eventually maybe fight Sting. Um, but yeah, Darby yeah. Allen, this is kind of confusing. There are so many different ways you can take that promo. You can say, well, hey, I'm here to fight Darby Allen because because I never thought there would be anyone with enough passion as I had for the wrestling business. I never thought there would be an equal for me to take on. Like, you know, these guys don't give a crap about the wrestling business. They're like John Cena. They're in it here to, to go to Hollywood, make a quick buck. I'm, you know, I'm all about pro wrestling and I'm all about being the best. And I never thought there would be anyone who would be, you know, on the same, on the same level as I was, blah, 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 or something like that. There's so many different ways you can take it instead of just saying, I'm here to fight Darby Allen because he's a, you know, a fucking skeleton. <laughs> he was, he was going to be my favorite wrestler when I was 15 years old. Yeah. I, okay. That's cool. There's so, there's so many reasons other than to just say, I'm here to fight Darby. Allen. like, you know, I mean, he did, he does put over the young talent, which, um, you know, is cool and everything, but like, he doesn't, he doesn't give it a reason other than that. I mean, like, as, as a, as a follow-up to that first promo, I mean, Tobin was not a big fan of the first one. I honestly thought it was perfectly fine. And I mean, you know, he comes back, let him cut whatever he wants. Let him say whatever he's got to get off his chest. Although, like I said, I think a lot of the guys, when they come in their first time, they treat it as a WWE therapy session, but, um, you know, this one was kind of a letdown in the terms of the things he could have said and, and building up to fighting Darby Allen at the, at the pay-per-view, which is coming up really soon, which doesn't seem like enough time to, to build a feud or a match off two promos. But, I mean, that's just me. I feel like I'm going to get this in, and I was going to get to this in a second with the trios match with Darby in it. But to follow that up, build up, why can't Darby Allen respond to CM Punk? Because he hasn't responded to him yet. I I know he can talk. It's not like he's a mute. Um, but that's the thing I'm con- I was concerned about too. It's like all right, CM Punk called him out. He was in the rafters. Crowd was hot. Great moment. And then this week you have CM Punk. Crowd comes unglued. Great moment again. And he wants Darby Allen. Where's Darby Allen? Like why isn't he saying anything? Like hey, like you know I've looked up to you. Like have that dumb bullshit. Like I've looked up to you when you were in. You know, up north, where you can even say WWE. Who gives a shit? When you were in WWE, you said this and you did this, and you were the voice of the voiceless. Why was the voiceless? And like, why? Why are we cutting promos for these guys? They're getting paid. We're not. <laughs> I, well, we have to cut them because they're not, man. They're, just... they're not. I know. I guess that's why we have a show. We wouldn't have a show if they were doing the right things. Uh, um, to unf- us, anyway. unf- Unfortunately, this is like the same level of creative that we expect from WWE. Hey, we brought this guy back. And he's going to feud with that guy. Okay, well, what's the reasoning? Like, what's he going to say? What are we going to do to build up? Well, he's going to be back. That's going to be enough. He's back, and everyone's going to watch him fight. Like, honestly, like, you know, I mean, you could have had him fight anybody in the first match, and people are going to watch. But you still, like, you still owe us an explanation. You still owe us events that happen to lead up to it. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be there has to be A, B, C. You can't just go A to D. Like, you can't. But I mean, that's. 
unfortunately that's a lot of the times how the pro wrestling business works and of course you know it makes the guys enough money and it pays the bills to do it to do to do it the way that they do it so i mean hey whatever I guess, I guess what did happen, too, and I haven't watched it yet, but I know Tony has. There was a press conference right after last week's uh, Rampage. It was over an hour, and they slightly talk about when they got together. And it was even – it was before COVID when Tony Khan got together with CM Punk. And like I said, that's I, I caught like only the highlights, very, very small highlight. But that was one of the things. They, they started talking back in you know, 20 – late 2019 and Tony Khan's been trying to push him to come for, come in for a while. So doesn't have, doesn't have time to watch, doesn't have time to listen to podcasts, but can watch a press conference with Tony Khan and CM Punk. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so uh, right after that is my favorite wrestler, Miro, the redeemer. I know Corey loves him. Um, Miro yeah. versus Eddie. <laughs> yeah. Versus Eddie Kingston question mark. I mean, I, I like Eddie Kingston too. So, I'm I'm totally down with this match for uh, the uh, I'm just gonna call it the TV title because I can't call it the TNT title um, for the for the TV title. Miro's just um, just squashing guys left and right, and uh, and he just doesn't give a shit. And he has a really uh, really sexy wife at home that he always talks about. And I don't know where she is, um, but she should come out soon in AEW, make it make an appearance. She's probably hanging out with Bobby Lashley again. <laughs> Not again, no. Um, but yeah, so that might happen. He calls out Eddie Kingston. And I did see a couple weeks ago that there was a picture of Miro and Kurt Angle face-to-face. I know that's fantasy booking, but that'd be something something to see if Kurt Angle could still go. Kurt, I mean, I know Angle, could still go. Kurt Angle would whip his ass. <laughs> I know. I can't, I can't disagree with you there. Because <laughs> I, I like the classics. So he'd, Kurt Angle... He'd, he'd, he'd make him tap out in whatever Bulgarian country he's from. He'll make him <laughs> tap out in any language. That's how good Kurt Angle is, but yeah, that's that'd be great. I know Kurt Angle sent some outlandish number to to fight, you know, um, Daniel Bryan. It was like ten million dollars. I was like, I, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, Kurt, I wouldn't say that too loud because Tony Khan might just start throwing down money, and you can't you can't say no. So, yeah, but Tony, I know Tony, he, he Khan said, probably, probably, Tony Khan probably broke up in the piggy bank and struck a one million, <laughs> two million. <laughs> yeah, he almost has it. He almost has it, damn it. But uh, to continue, we've already gone over the half hour mark, so I apologize, Corey. We didn't get into a tight 30, but uh, we're, we're having a good time here. Uh, but yeah, damn right. Uh, trios match. Uh, Eddie Kingston, Mox, and Darby versus the Wingmen. Uh, which is pretty Peter Avalon. He's the manager with, against J.D. Drake. Uh, I just call him Ziggler Jr., um, but Ryan Nemeth, the Hollywood hunk. Nice uh, dartboard moment there for, for Ziggs Jr. And uh, Cesar Bononi. So my thoughts, I don't like the song Wild Thing. I'm going to keep saying that until it leaves because uh, it sucks. I don't like it for Mox. Just go back with the regular song that they had. Uh, number two, J.D. Drake looks like Larry the Cable Guy with the spender. He looks and, like uh, he looks like Amish Roadkill. <laughs> he's, he looks like the guy, the right hand man for uh, Eli and the Amish Mafia series on Annie. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, no! Uh, and then I, I just said, uh, can uh, can Darby respond to CM Punk? There wasn't really any build up, but we already talked about that. And I also have get the fuck out of here, Daniel Garcia. I never want to see him again. Why is Daniel Garcia still interrupting matches? Darby Allen and Darby Allen's trying to fight CM Punk. Damn it! So why is Daniel Garcia getting in the middle? That just waters down Darby Allen to me uh, for this big matchup that we're having Labor Day weekend in Chicago. Your 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 biggest one of your biggest pay per views of all time, if not of all time, and you're gonna input Daniel Garcia in here. So, uh, but it was it, it was a, it was an okay match. Uh, Kingston and Mox do their thing. Um, I know Mox is is just there. Uh, kudos to him for just kind of leaving leaving his wife at home and, and being like, take care of this kid, and I'm going to go get paid. Um, but because there's, like, there's like nothing going on for him right now. Now he's facing some random New Japan guy again. It's just like, what what's the point of these? Um, I want him to have matches with people in in the actual AEW. I um, I thought I thought the match was goofy bullshit, man. It was just it was a bunch of comedy shit, and I just I couldn't get into it at all. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know we're not. I mean, I mean, I'm not a big fan of pretty, pretty Peter Avalon. He kind of reminds me of the genius, um, <laughs> but I know the genius is way better. So you know, don't crucify me for that comment. I just he just kind of reminds me of him. But uh, but yeah, just a bunch of uh, dark elevation guys fighting semi top guys. Sorry, Mox and Eddie Kingston. Um, but after that, we have uh, Tay Conti tries to get an interview in. 
Bunny comes through and says, you should join the Hardy family office. And here's the paper. And Ty Conti says no. And when she says no, Bunny slaps her in the face. And Ty Conti cold cocks her right in the face. Like, actually hits her with a very hard forearm, very stiff forearm. And the lady's fighting in the back, and that's pretty much it. So, good job Yay. for Ty Conti. Yay! Good, good moment in the uh, second hour here. Um, then we have another um, vignette with the Forever Feud. Santana Ortiz and FTR. FTR. Um, if I have to see that injury one more time, I'm going to punch my own face. Um, and I, I get it. Cash is struggling right now. <clears throat> He's saying that his nerves still aren't, aren't the same in his hand, which is a very nasty and very unfortunate injury for Cash. Um, and, but I feel that the three guys that are able to fight should still be fighting just to kind of keep them, you know, keep them going in the ring. Keep them fresh. If, if they're selling it this much, he better, he better come back with that Lex Luger bionic forearm. <laughs> right. Right. I just feel like they should still be not even on dark, like just wrestle, like not even wrestle each other, just, just wrestle different people, but or, they're or getting hey, some, or Hey, here's an idea. Uh, they're, they're in the pinnacle and so is Sean Spears and Sean Spears is doing <laughs> jack right. shit. <laughs> Like you have a you have a stable for a reason, so maybe you can get them together. Maybe keep Santana Ortiz fresh, but I feel like they're saving this match for a reason. Tony Khan and the doctors may know more than we do, um, and maybe they're going to have their big payoff um, at the next pay per view, which is Double or Nothing again in May. Or, no, they they have one more this year, right? I should well, know this. Well, consider, considering it's cold, I I think they would they usually have one in December, don't they? Yeah, so I thought it was – so it was, it's full gear, all in, all out, double or nothing. So, yeah, this might be it. So they're going to have one next year, full gear again. So they're not, they're not going to put it off for that long. So maybe they'll have a special fifth pay-per-view like WWE is doing, which I won't say what it is because I'll tease that or, for the next I, episode. I mean, honestly, they uh, – they, you know, they, they could even put it on one of those like, you know, TV televised specials in place of Dynamite because – Oh, you know what? That, that's what they might do because they're going to go to TBS in October when hockey starts. Because okay. TNT's taking over hockey. I know that. Oh, there we go. And then they're going to have like a uh, four big shows a year. So that's going to be like a Clash of the Champions on top of like the four pay-per-views. So they'll probably have it at one of the special events. Like you it'll said. be it'll be Friday Night Clusterfuck featuring <laughs> FTR Friday versus Night, Friday Night Clusterfuck on TBS. <laughs> So that happened. So now we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. Another promo by Mr. Kenneth Omega and Don Callis. Um, I like both these guys a lot. I know a lot of people don't, um, but I, they've thoroughly entertained me. Um, Kenny Omega's heel persona is funny. It doesn't, <laughs> it's just, plus I think of just Tobin's, yeah, actually all three of your guys' reaction, Tobin, Tony, and you, it's just, you're all reactions when this guy actually talks. I think it's great. You're like, oh my god, Kenny Omega, and it's uh, Don Callis screaming and yelling out the different uh, promoters and saying that you know he's not even he's Greg Gagne or he's Vern Gagne, and Kenny Omega is not Greg Gagne, and he's like, I'm even Vince McMahon, damn it, and he's like, I am Don Callis, and, I was, and when he said Vince McMahon, the crowd just popped a little bit, and Callis is trying to get the the crowd going, but uh, this whole thing is funny. Then Christian came out and said and called. Uh, Callis a carny piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, is, no, that that was good. That was. Good. Really he did that last week too. Um, well, he did it on uh, on Impact on on Emergence, and uh, I thought that was pretty funny too. Um, but overall, I'm liking where this is going with Christian and Omega. Um, a little bit more intense buildup would be great, but Omega's is a funnier heel uh, than an actual heel. And Christian's just playing up that baby face role. Um, I don't think he's going to win in the match at all out. I think he's just going to keep the impact title and kind of go from there. I don't know what that's supposed to prove. Um, but I know another part of me says that he might win both titles and then be the guy for a while while Omega takes some much needed time off, but he still has another title in AAA. So, uh and then Kaz. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure why Kaz is in there other than being the elite hunter. Um, Kaz isn't really doing much of anything either other than running through every now and then with a pipe and just saying, I'm Kaz. I need my buddy Christopher Daniels back. So, what are your I mean, thoughts? Honestly, honestly, that's kind of, I mean, that's more entertaining what some other guys are doing. So, hey, Kaz, you keep that pipe and just enjoy what you're doing, buddy. 
<laughs> he runs through every now and then and starts hitting some elite people. Sounds good. I I honestly just I just want to see like magic like dark elevation and then just like he just like comes out of nowhere and just hits someone with a pipe and then just runs off. <laughs> just runs I, off. I, I I'd I'd watch a whole DVD best of Kaz just in, from in from the crowd hit someone with a pipe <laughs> run. And what's that? Kaz is gone. He runs to the back like ultimate <laughs> ultimate warrior back in the day. And he's oh my running. god! Warrior's gone. The the ultimate Kaz. The ultimate, the ultimate Kaz. Then we have a trio's main event. Um, the Gun Club versus the Nightmare Factory, which are the factory. Um, good for Billy Gunn for still being on TV. He's looking good, looking still in very good shape. Um, uh, six-man title coming. You think six-man title is coming? I, I remember, like, we, we talked about this on our second or third show, and we have heard nothing about these six-man titles since then. We have a lot of trios matches. So can we just at least get a title for it to make them somewhat reasonable and why we're actually having them? I mean, but, hey, like, I mean, well, you know, I mean, now that there's, you know, dark and elevation, they seem to love to do the six mans on those. I mean, make it make it a, a title that's even exclusive for one of those shows. Get some more eyes on one of those things. Yeah. Again, you and me are coming up with this stuff here. I'm just not sure what's what's going on. Looks like uh, someone give me a fucking job. <laughs> Tony Khan just living in Sam Punk country. Um, but yeah, a gun club and factory was good. But you know why I was there, and you know why Paul White was on commentary just for uh, yeah, QT they even, Marshall. They even, they even panned over to him during the middle of the match, and I'm like, come on! I'm like, I want to see what the hell's going on. They did. They did. Um, what I did forget to say, I guess, before this match was. Uh, Oh no, I'm sorry. I was right. But Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert, next. Get this get this jobber out of here, dude. Get his ass out of here. I don't care about what he has to say, about what I already think about some of the douchebags that live in this world and the millennials that care about stupid things. Um, I don't care about what Dan Lambert has to say. He's an MMA guy. So you know what? Go back to MMA. There's only a few guys from MMA that I like. All right. And I want you to go I, back there. I, I oh. have to I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of his, but I did enjoy the line about Wrestling fans enjoy guys like you know Darby Allen stuff like that because they're not real men either. So that that was I mean I that was That's, I'm not saying it wasn't true exactly. I'm not saying some of these thoughts weren't true. They're, they're what I have already. And Dan Lambert has a has a good mic pre- good heel mic presence. Good for him. Um, but of course, uh, you have Scorpio Sky and all ego Ethan Page is kind of standing there because they need a, a mouthpiece which they really don't. Um, but good for Dan Lambert. You know, he brought his MMA guys, Junior Dos Santos and Boss uh, Fidel, the, the, a couple weeks ago, and they didn't do shit. Um, but then you bring over some wrestlers, and they just kind of stand there and look pretty. So good for Dan Lambert. I guess we'll be seeing more of Dan Lambert, unfortunately. But he doesn't like millennials, and I don't either, even though I am one. So that's cool. Um, and then Aaron Anderson. So you, agree, uh, you can agree with me or not, but it was kind of a weird promo, and it was a uh, surprisingly weird promo from Aaron Anderson. Because it sounded like he was talking to Brock Anderson, but then he looked around really quick and said, shit, Brock's not next to me. I'm like in front of his doorway. Did you see that? Did you notice that at all? Yeah, <laughs> I have no idea what the hell was up with that, man. Yeah, he's like, he's like, all I'm saying, he's like, all I'm saying, Brock, you got to use your head. And he like looked around. He's like, fuck, he's like, Brock's not next to me. <laughs> Like he's in front of his locker room door, and I was like, "Well, he's talking to Brock." And I talked, even told my wife, "I was like, that was a weird promo." She goes, "It was. It's like he was talking to him, and he wasn't there." It's like, is, well, is, is if Brock, she's, is, if he's a she's a casual wrestling fan, then that's not good. Is is Brock Anderson like the new Eugene, and like he has to be around Arn at all times, otherwise he gets lost? <laughs> he's like lost in his locker room, like Dad, I can't get out. Dad, Dad, let I'm, me out of here. I'm trapped in here, and it's dark. Turn on the lights, kid. <laughs> But I really think uh, going going straight to the the, the uh, I guess this is the main event. But trios matches a little bit better than this, obviously. Uh, Brock Anderson needs to put on a little bit of muscle here. He like he has the same body type as his dad, but his dad his dad was more stocky and was just like a shit brick house. While Brock's like a, a miniature version of Arn Anderson back in the day. Um, I don't know. It's just he's got to put on some muscle, and he's still pretty green. Where he's just got kicked in the face, and that's pretty much it. Plus, plus, when the whole build up to the match was like, this guy's going to get murdered, and he even cuts a promo at some point. I, I think it was like a week before, maybe even it was just for like AEW Dark, where he's just like, well, yeah, I'm probably going to get my ass kicked, but I'm going to go in there and get my ass kicked like a man. It's like, <laughs> no, he, he did the 
did it on Dynamite. I remember that. He's like, Dad, I can handle my own, all right? I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to get my – you might get my ass kicked. I might be new, but you know, I'm going to go in there and get my ass kicked like a man. It's <laughs> like, all right, Brock, trying to be a man tonight. That's cool. Yeah, if he did, if he didn't need supervision before, he's going to need to after he got his ass whipped by Malachi Black. But you would think that Malachi Black maybe is potentially going to get some like really short like build up match against someone pretty big. But nope, he's got Lee Johnson next. Woo, woo, Lee Johnson. The the, the Booker's. I I don't know if Tony Khan's the only Booker, but if he is, Tony probably wasn't the best decision because who the fuck is Lee Johnson and why do I care about Cody's best friend? Going after Malachi Black. Malachi, wanna... Malachi Black is such a badass that he got ran that he got run off by only Lee Johnson. <laughs> and and like he's like showing off these devastating kicks that he has, and like Arn Anderson blocks one of them. No offense to Arn, but you know, I mean, if someone's gonna be the first to block a kick, it shouldn't have been Arn Anderson. Actually, I didn't I didn't catch that. Like I saw it. But I didn't think of that think of it that way. But I got kind of got excited. I was like, "Oh, Arn blocked it. That's great." But you guys see it see it another way. So, and I I can't disagree with that. I mean, I that's really. not. I mean, Arn's not some feeble. I mean, Arn's has still he still has a lot of credibility. Like like you said, I mean, he's he, you know he's a badass. You know, he was a badass when he was in the ring. But, but still, yeah. There's, if there's someone who's going to be the first to block a kick, like it, you know, it, you know, if I, to me, it can't be Arn Anderson, but. I mean, he got a nice he got a nice pop for it when he did it. So he did, he did. All right, Corey. Well, that's uh, that's our I guess our short forty seven minute show. Well, that's that's good enough for me. We talked about one thing, didn't go off topic too much, which is great. Hey, we and, got a, uh, we got a two hour show in less than an hour. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I know, right? Two hour show, less than an hour. Got it. It's not uh, it's not as good as the uh, the the ten minute Ron Smackdowns you got to do every week. K- yeah, kudos to you. I, I I was so happy about getting one week off from that shit. <laughs> hey, you're, you're preaching the choir. One weekend off, watch a lot of good wrestling. Um, but CM Punk is back. It's interesting to see what he's going to do here with Darby Allen all out September 5th, live and only on pay-per-view and Fight TV. Also, also, what was up with the whole CM Punk thing where he was like, Taking cheap pop, like he he did the ding of like everyone was chanting. Yes, he like, did. Oh, yes, like, and, and then at the end, and at the end, he goes like, "Oh, I just want to, I want to blow a kiss to my wife. I'll see you later." And it's like, it's like you've just come back. You feel like you've already worn out your welcome, so you're taking cheap pops for mentioning Daniel Bryan and your wife AJ Lee. <laughs> Corey's not happy about Sam Punk. Damn it! I'm not. I mean, I've got more to say about that on the regular show. I mean, I'll save it for them, but. Yeah. Yeah. Just well. Yeah. So the same with Daniel Bryan. That Daniel Bryan tease. It's uh. It's already on Busted Open podcast today. Oh lord. So yep. It was like, wait, was that a Daniel a Bryan Danielson tease? And they put some, they put some thing up on Instagram or Twitter. It's like a picture of them or a match of them, and CM Punk posted it. I was like, oh man. Now we're now we're on to Daniel Bryan watch. We 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 may we may have to have me on camera when Daniel Bryanson shows up because. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryanson. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Bryan. It's probably going to be his name in in, in AW. I'm, Daniel Bryanson. I'm Harry. I'm Harry Carey now. Hey. <laughs> hey what, what, about, what about that Brian Danielson? What about that Daniel Bryanson? Uh, you're gonna have to have me on camera because when he shows up in AEW, I I may cry like that dude for CM Punk. Man, I love Daniel Bryan. He's the man. I know you do. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to uh to like another. Another big name, even though he was from WWE and AEW, but I'm even more interested to see how they're going to use him and book him. So far, CM Punk being booked is not not good. There's no bueno so far. So, but I'm really interested to see if CM Punk's going to fight Malachi Black. That's kind of like my oh. dream match down the road. Overall, like I just, I mean, you may not agree with me when I say this. I thought this was like, and I mean, I've said this as jokingly about shows in the past, but I feel that most Dynamite episodes are perfectly fine for what they are. You know, two hours. They, you know they they get from you know they get their storylines moving and stuff like that. I felt that especially coming off the heels of CM Punk's debut on Rampage, I felt this was a pretty weak show. I mean the the matches they put on with the with the the trios matches and all that stuff. I just and, and I mean I, I understand you know not every main event has to be a main event, but considering some of the stuff they put on before as main events and then find and then finally doing this one that's more of a character driven storyline driven kind of thing with. Malachi Black and Brock Anderson. I feel you could have given your fans a better main event to build off the CM Punk thing, but that again, that's just me. 
I um I agree to an extent. Their only match that got accelerated in their program was the tag team eliminator. It was a tag team match going into all out. Nothing else really progressed storyline wise. And when you ha- when you don't have that, you know you potentially have like an old school like WCW feel to where like there's no direction going into the matches and it's just like what's going to happen and like you clearly think that something's going to happen maybe the go home show to all out but you have your biggest pay-per-view in the company coming and you have a show like this to where it's like let's have two trios matches to kind of keep guys safe and then Jamie Hayter because we need Britt Baker to be healthy going into the the main event or going into her title match um and well, so yeah, on and so she's forth. not going to be healthy after it's over no, she's not. <laughs> she's gonna die. Um, but and then you just have like little things like Santana Ortiz and FTR. Like I don't think they're going to fight it all out, but they've been going on for that for like two months. Well, at least. Ac- according to Wikipedia, the cards already like pretty much like out there, and even the I mean, it's just like WWE. The there's a women's battle royal for 20 women, and they have like yes. eight announced. It's like 12 open spots left. I know. I know, but yeah, maybe they can all come from Empower, which is this weekend. That's all I'll say. Hey, everybody, it's <laughs> Debbie Malenko. <laughs> and the pioneer of all women's wrestling, Mickey James. Yeah, just yeah, just have her win that, and then she'll win all the damn titles, because she's the martyr for professional women's wrestling. She is. She's, she's a pioneer. She was there. Who Fabulous, fabulous who? Moolah who? Nope. <laughs> Get her out of here. We got Mickey James, damn it. May Young who? Get out of here with that May Young classic. It's gonna be the Mickey James classic, damn it. Trish what? <laughs> Lita what? Terry Terry who? You can't Shit. say Lita you can't say Lita what? That's her whole name. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Got I honestly it. thought about saying that, but then I was like, that just sounds stupid. Lee Lee what? Now it just sounds like I'm saying Lee. Lee Edge, we're not talking about Lee Johnson anymore. Edge was having sex with who? <laughs> It's even better. Now we're just making up for lost time. But yeah, so AW Dynamite in the books uh, this Friday. Okay. Rampage. Well, but before, before we go, before we finish up, overall, right. what, what would you give the show as a grade? Uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Show as a grade. We're going one to 10 or we're doing Uncle Dave stars? Uh, let's do letters. I'm saying letter grades. Oh, letter grades. Ooh, even better. Um, I'll give it a C. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to be a little more generous. I'm going to give it a C plus. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was gonna say C minus, but I'll say C just because of the. I'll be real. Like I enjoyed the show, but like we talked about, no, not really a lot of progression in the storylines. Um, that first match was really was was good. I saw some color, but other than it, that, it's just it just same, all kind of went downhill from there. Yeah, I mean it's the same old stuff, and you're just putting random like th- like teams of three together. And it's just kind of like picking people at the playground. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have Mox, Kingston, and Darby. You're gonna face uh, uh, those other guys from Dark. Cool. Sounds good. <laughs> That's a scene like to me. So yeah, I'll, I'll give it a cool C. I know Tobin, if when he listens to this, has been like, "Oh shit, Shane doesn't like AW anymore." <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I digress. We'll talk more about it on uh, on Sunday when the show comes out. Sunday or Monday with uh, our our full two-and-a-half-hour show coming out, not only talking about AEW, but WWE as well. And we'll have all four of us here. Uh, so myself, Corey, Lucky Strike Tobin, and Big Evil Sirachi. But that's all for this episode. Uh, thank you all those that are eventually going to listen to this after um, after I put it out. And I appreciate Corey's time. I'm your host, Shano Makazowski, and we will talk to you next time. Peace out, everybody.